Trevor Sigma going to join us to recap what happened on Thursday night. And this division could be the Lions by what? Week three, week four? <laughs> you are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Matt Derry with you on a Monday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Indeed, your team every day, Monday, September 11th, and a Tuesday, September 12th. We appreciate you making us your first listen, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the program today, for those of you watching on our Locked On Lions YouTube channel, you see a legendary Trevor Sikama with us, Locked On alum, by the way, and uh, now with the Pro Football Focus. He's going to join us momentarily. We'll talk some Lions football with Trevor and get his thoughts on opening night and everything else. We're brought to you today by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms. Um, a locked or uh, used to be from uh, you, you were on so many different shows, locked on bucks, right? Trev, what else, what else did you do on the lockdown network? I no, so actually, the uh, the only locked on show that I did was locked on NFL draft, but I felt like I did it so much I could have done right. multiple locked on channels. And so, uh, no, I had a good time, obviously. Uh, started off with doing that with John Ledyard and then was doing it for Benjamin with Benjamin Select for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, just just locked on NFL draft, but like I said, I felt like we did enough episodes to where. Uh, I felt like it could have been doing multiple channels, honestly. Your boy Ledger, uh, his Steelers uh, took a, uh, took one took one on the chin yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was that was a tough watch on Sunday. So uh, I haven't given him too much crap for it yet because I kind of feel bad for him. But uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes for the Steelers. Well, Trev, great to see. You. Of course, Trevor Sikma uh, on uh, PFF now at uh, Pro Football Focus, and we love uh, talking to him. Um, all right, so you've kind of digested this entire weekend here with one game to go tonight, but what would you think of the Lions and, and, and subsequently uh, all these other NFC North teams that looked so good yesterday? Yeah, no, I, I thought Detroit was awesome on Thursday. You know, obviously we knew that Kansas City was going to be without Chris Jones. We weren't sure whether or not uh, Travis Kelsey was going to play. He ends up not playing, and – even the superhuman ability of Patrick Mahomes, he's got to have somebody on the other end of those passes and just far too many times in that game. Uh, the guys who were in that receiver room, not named Travis Kelsey, let him down. And obviously it's a huge win for Detroit. I don't, I don't mean to say that taking anything away from Detroit because they absolutely put themselves in position to win that game. And you know whether it was a healthy Kelsey or not, being able to pick up a win in Arrowhead to start the season, I mean – there is no shortage of focus or discipline or desire to win that game, no matter what, because it's it's the kickoff game of the regular season. And so for them to go in their hostile environment, incredible, man. I really love what I saw from a lot of the new additions of the defense, even some of the guys that were there last year taking that next step. Um, obviously, everybody talks about it a ton, but holding on to Ben Johnson's offensive coordinator, his connection with Jared Goff, it, it's proven to be something that uh, is, is going to be tough for every team to deal with, not just the divisional teams, but it's one that made the Lions a division favorite for me in the NFC North. And so 
he had a little good mix of uh, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. We San Laporta's getting involved. The rest of the receivers, it felt like we're getting involved throughout the entire night. And so really just top to bottom, a great performance from Detroit. And as you can tell by the scoreboard, nothing less than a great performance was going to get them that win in Arrowhead, but they played some really good football out of the gate. You surprised the defense was this good this early. And again, you mentioned Kelsey not being there. And obviously poor Mike Tirico, Ann Arbor's own is getting uh, lambasted by Lions fans for saying there should be an asterisk there, but the, the defense under Aaron Glenn had to kind of, you know, uh, you know, get your eyes uh, appealed to it a little bit more with, 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 with some force, right? Yeah. Look, uh, no asterisk at all. Um, that doesn't exist in NFL football. The, the game's a, a violent physical game. And even if you get hurt right before week one, I mean, it's just a physical part of the game. Every team in the NFL has to deal with injuries. And so, uh, I understand Kelsey would have been a big part of that game plan, but I don't think, you, I don't think that's fair. I don't think you could put asterisks really next to anything, um, when it comes to this league, but I was pleasantly surprised, I would say, by the defense. I, I don't want to say I was was shocked or you know did not expect a really good performance because I thought it was in the wheelhouse for them. You just never know since defense is much more of a – I think defense is much more of the chemistry side of the ball, right? It, truly all 11 guys have to be working together. Now, of course, you could say the same thing for the offensive line. Continuity is really important there, but you got a good quarterback and a good wide receiver. Sometimes that can make up for a lot of blunders, even on the offensive line. But when it comes to defense, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And it felt like everybody was really playing together for the Detroit Lions. I love what they were doing up front, man. I love the step that it looks like Aiden Hutchinson took. Love what Aleem McNeil was able to show in week one. I thought he was fantastic in the middle. He was our highest graded interior or uh, just overall defensive player that we had for the Lions that night. Really love Derek Barnes' physicality at the linebacker level, at the second level. He had an elite run defense grade once again, which I think he was able to do a couple of times last year whenever he was on the field. I love the presence of C.J. Garner-Johnson, right? He's one of my favorite players in the league because he can just get in the heads of offensive coordinators and quarterbacks and wide receivers, and I think that we saw that. So I thought the formula was there for a lot of these guys to be able to step up. You don't know if it's going to happen right out of the gate because sometimes that's tough, but the formula was there for the Lions to uh, have a pretty good recipe for success, and obviously we were able to see that. Trevor Sikamo with us from Pro Football Focus. Um, interesting question. You know, I was a little critical of Ben Johnson, and, and look, there's hard, it's tough to be critical of Ben. He's been fantastic. But to me, Jameer Gibbs has got to get some touches and be on the field more. And so they're saying, Dan Campbell's kind of reiterated this, we want to give we wanted to ease him in. Yet here's Brian Branch, a rookie on the other side, playing pretty much every snap and Tracy Walker not playing at all. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think it's probably, you know, Branch was a top 20 player for me last year, as was Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs was my 20th ranked player, and I think I had Brian Branch somewhere within the top 20. So obviously loved both these guys. I thought they had the ability to hang in the NFL. Um, love the Branch was able to get in there. Of course, the interception was great hand-eye coordination for him to reel it in, but, you know, it's a balance that's kind of coming right to him. So it was really great to see him capitalize that on that, though. That was something that was part of the criticism of him when he was at Alabama. It's like, okay, this is a really stout player, good slot defender. Uh, does he have the ball skills? And it was kind of ironic that he gets that interception in week one. When it comes to Jameer Gibbs, I know a lot of people are freaking out about it, and I, I don't really think that it's just coach speak that he said, hey, we were kind of trying to ease him in. I really do believe he is going to become more and more part of this game plan. And it's it's tough, right? Because sure, they draft Gibbs in the first round as highly as they did because they want him to be more of a focal point in the offense than a David Montgomery. But 
being a rookie in the NFL is tough regardless of position. You're going to Arrowhead. You're playing the champs. Like the emotions, the adrenaline, a lot of that could be overwhelming for a rookie. And they didn't really know how he was going to handle all of that really until the ball got kicked off. And so for that reason, I really do understand allowing David Montgomery to be the guy who got more of the volume of the touches for week one. Now, when you look at their efficiency, Jameer Gibbs was more efficient. He had more yards after contact. He had more missed tackles forced per attempt. Like he was clearly the more dynamic guy. And I think that they see that as well, but going into Arrowhead for week one on Thursday night football, the whole country's watching I get that they leaned on the veteran for this game, but I do believe it's going to be Gibbs' show um, sooner rather than later. Or they put both of them on the field and split Gibbs out wide. I like that they put him in motion, um, all of that. I mean, think about that, Trev, right? I mean, the Lions won week one in Kansas City, and the offense scored just 14 points. That's a good sign. Plus, Stafford and a bunch of unknown receivers uh, lit into the Seahawks last week or yesterday. That yeah. was surprising. Yeah. No, there, no, for sure. I, I think that across the NFL, there were a lot of either results that were very surprising or just, you know, if anybody out there was watching Red Zone, Scott Hansen brought it up a couple of times. There just weren't a lot of touchdowns. There just weren't a lot of – it's not like a lot of these teams with these potent offenses hit the ground running, especially in the NFC. So um, I think that it's kind of wide open for a lot of these teams to be able to take control of their conferences. I missed the Siciliano red zone. I got to be honest. I'm, uh, I know Andrew's got other things going on, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Trevor Sigma with us from PFF. I want to ask him a little bit about the games yesterday and a hall of fields. Oh, what happened to poor Justin yesterday? I thought he was going to be the MVP. According to Orlovsky, we will do that coming up next, but first we got to tell you about our friends at LinkedIn jobs. Oh my goodness gracious. If you are trying to hire somebody, there's only one place you got to do it. And that is at LinkedIn Jobs to help find the right people for your team faster. And they do it for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. Do it. Go to linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. We are back with Trevor Sikama from uh, Pro Football Focus and PFF. Check him out uh, also on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey, T-R-E. Um, I mentioned before, Trev, about this game yesterday in Seattle. I, I, and I know the Lions are playing the Seahawks. They're five and a half point favorites here. Surprising to me was just how bad the Seahawks defense was in terms of the middle of the field and 2-2 Atwell and Kakua or whatever. I don't even know who this person is. They're both going for 100 yards receiving. And it's like the Matthew Stafford of old. How much of a surprise was that? And how much is Ben Johnson licking his chops, do you think? Yeah, you know, again, I didn't think it would look this bad. There was definitely some concern about the Seahawks defensive line because last year they really couldn't get after the quarterback. They couldn't really hold the line of scrimmage. And Pete Carroll even said kind of in his exit interview as the season was over when they got knocked out of the playoffs 
that it uh, that it haunted him. I can't remember exactly what word, but it was something like it, it, it haunted him. It killed him that the defensive line was as bad as it was last year. And unfortunately, that looked to be much of the same in week one. They were barely able to get after Matthew Stafford. And this was supposed to be an offensive line that was terrible. One of the worst in the NFL. And, and for the Seahawks to generate so little pressure against the Rams offensive line, I mean, what are we supposed to think that's going to get better against the Lions offensive line? I don't think so. It's going to have to be a massive flip of the switch for that to be the case. So, yeah, you see guys like Puka Nakua and, uh, and, and Tutu Atwell kind of running free, getting both over 100 yards. And the reason is because no matter who you are, no matter who you're guarding, if you got Matthew Stafford back there. And Matthew Stafford, I, look, I understand that he's gone through some injuries over the last couple of years. Fully healthy, this guy's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, he's a vet. He's seen it all. He's got a great arm still. And if that back is healthy, then he's going to be able to do things like we saw in week one. So you give him time, because if you can't get after him, you're giving him plenty of time, he's going to be able to find these receivers. And so McVay and Stafford were definitely cooking last week, but it's definitely worrisome for the Seattle Seahawks. And there's no question about it. I think Ben Johnson's definitely licking his chops because, again, Lions offensive line, certainly on paper, hell of a lot better than the Rams offensive line. So if they weren't able to get after the quarterback last week, it's tough to think that that gets better against Detroit. Amazing the amount of games that, that the road team won yesterday. And, and certainly one of those was, was Green Bay and Chicago. You know, I, I dubbed him Hall of Fields this offseason. I just could not believe the hype for Justin Fields. Loved him at Ohio State, but just haven't seen it at this level now three years in at the NFL, holding the ball too long. Yesterday was a complete disaster for Chicago. Were you stunned by that at all? And what do you think of Jordan Love? Yeah, I, I don't know about stunned, but I, it's it stinks to see. Well, I, I know I'm on a Lions podcast, so Lions fans probably aren't too bummed about seeing Justin <laughs> Fields struggle. But, uh, you know, as a draft evaluator, somebody who saw a lot of talent in Justin Fields, it is kind of disappointing that he really just has not taken that next step as a passer. I mean, that interception to Quay Walker, he's staring him down the entire way, goes right to him and ends up being – a pick six. And, and there were just plenty of other passes where he's not looking where he needs to. He's more hesitant. The ball's not coming out. It's not exactly where it needs to be. This dude's got all the athletic talent in the world, but he just, he's not processing the game the way that you need to. He's always going to be best with one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, as long as he is out there starting, but you've got to be more as a passer. And we are again, unfortunately for bears fans, maybe fortunately for lions fans getting to that point where, this might just be who Justin Fields is. He might, it might not be this, Hey, you know, once he gets an offensive line, once he gets receivers, once he gets this, once he gets that, no situation is going to be perfect in the NFL. You're hoping that a guy who has so much talent as him, you know, not to hold anything against him or be unrealistic, but you want him to elevate even beyond just perfect situations. And Fields does that as a runner. He raises the floor of what the offense can be because of how great a runner he is but he doesn't take it through the roof or get it close to its ceiling because of how poorly he has been passing the football over the last, I would say year and a half. And so, yeah, I, it, we, it, it is still to be seen from Justin Fields and, and week one was not a good start for him. No, no doubt. It's interesting too, Trev. Um, you look at the lions and what they're doing at the line of scrimmage. Like you mentioned the offensive line, the defensive line. I thought the bears were abysmal uh, up front yesterday. I thought the Vikings couldn't touch Baker Mayfield. For, for for God's sakes. And so that makes you feel good as a Lions fan that they built this thing the right way, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, it's hard to look at, you know, Minnesota, who 
They win 13 games last season. I think some people went into the year and said, all right, all right, maybe a little bit of regression, but they're 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 still up there for division title favorites. I never even really thought about Minnesota. I'm going to be honest with you. Like mm. I had the, I have the lions as my division winner going into the season. I didn't think twice about it. This was, this one was a very easy pick for me and Minnesota. Kirk cousins had over 340 yards passing yesterday. Justin Jefferson had 150 yards receiving. I mean, you can't ask for more than that on offense. And, and they lost that game to a Buccaneers team that played really poorly in the first half. They let them really kind of do whatever they wanted in the second half. And, um, that was a disappointing loss for Minnesota. And, and I, I wonder I wonder how quickly the wheels might fall off with this team because we went into the year knowing that Kirk Cousins is on the last year of his deal. Is he coming back to Minnesota or is he not? I think there's some bad taste in people's mouths about kind of how things ended last year. You know, the fourth and eight, Cousins throwing it well short of the line of scrimmage, and that's it. You know, that's the ball game. That's the season. And – if they really start to drop a handful of games within the first, I'll say six weeks of the season, do they just check out now? Not everybody on the team, but like, do yeah. they start to go? Yep. Cousins is gone next year. We certainly don't have the QB of the future on the roster right now. So I, I just wonder if the wheels start to fall off of this Minnesota team quickly. Cause if you couldn't beat that Buccaneers team at home, out of the gate, passing for 300 yards while Jefferson gets over a buck 50, I don't know how many teams you're realistically going to beat. So yeah, it was, that's, that was not a good sign for Minnesota. I, I agree with kind of how you started the show. I think Detroit, if they weren't already in the driver's seat, they're certainly in the driver's seat now. I was half kidding, but, but I'll be honest, you, you watch the games yesterday and you go, wow, this, it, and I know the NFC had some good success in the inter- interconference games of the AFC, but, and I'll, and I'll say this, you are somebody that salivates over the draft and you and I've talked over the years about the draft. My goodness, this draft for quarterbacks is going to be unbelievable. Yeah. I, I really do think that this upcoming draft um, could break records. You know, the most quarterbacks we've ever had drafted since the NFL draft went to seven rounds back in 1994 was wow. seven, 17 in a, in a single year. I bet we get 18, 19 this year. I really do. I think that we could probably Jeez. even get close to 20. That's how, that's how many good quarterbacks we have. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I, when I do summer scouting, normally I'll watch eh, anywhere from eight to 10 quarterbacks. And by the time I get to QB eight, nine, 10, I go, all right, that's about it. We're basically getting to the draft, draftable guys at this point. I watched 18 quarterbacks just in summer scouting. And I would have told you, I think all of these guys get drafted. And that's not even talking about some of the guys that are going to come out of nowhere like we know what happens. So uh, I really do think this is not only a great quarterback class at the top with guys like Drake May and Caleb Williams, uh, it's going to trickle down to every single round in the 2024 NFL draft. Maybe there'll be a package deal somewhere with uh, Dion and his son. You never know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. You never you never know. All right, I want to ask Trevor a little bit more about Seattle, the uh, game coming up this weekend at Ford Field. We will do that uh, coming up next as well. We're going to tell you, though, about our friends at FanDuel. Ladies and gentlemen, the ultimate place, the best place. Place your bets. The NFL season is here. We got Jets and Bills tonight. You want to get on in the action? Go to America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5, we get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. A lot of people said it was great yesterday. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. 
Lions, one of the larger favorites here for week two, five and a half point favorite at Ford Field Sunday against Pete Carroll's Bull Club. So visit fanduel.com slash lockdown, kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, they are the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Back with our guy, Trevor Sikama. We want to thank the everydayers that are out there. Got to give a shout out to a couple of new friends I met over the weekend that are everydayers. They watch the show every day on YouTube. Vance Donafrio, his beautiful wife, Mary Jo, their daughter, Amy, up there in Lake Orion. We're out at the Aklanki Cove this weekend. And uh, Susan Bakush. We love Suzanne. She's always on uh, Suzanne is always on uh, Twitter and is a big fan of ours as well. All right, Trev, uh, Seahawks again, bad game. Yes. Uh, yesterday it's going to happen. I mean, there are plenty of week one teams that lost. They're going to be just fine. Um, but Kenneth Walker didn't get a lot of touches. The Seahawks offense a year ago, put up over 40 at Ford field against the lions. DK Metcalf had the cheap shot yesterday. Uh, do you expect, what do you expect from Seattle? And when you look at the Seahawks, what, what are you thinking? coming into Ford field this weekend. Yeah, obviously they're going to be motivated coming off a game where they got whooped. I mean, they didn't just get beat. They got whooped and they certainly were not expecting that. Um, it, it hasn't happened very much. I would say over the last 15 years that Seattle gets beat like that uh, in their own house. I think the tough part for Seattle is what the health is going to be for both of their starting offensive tackles, right yeah. tackle and left tackle, Charles Cross and, and Abe Lucas. Both of those guys exited the game against the Rams with injury. Uh, with Lucas, I believe it's it, it's a knee injury that he's dealing with. Um, Charles Cross was a toe injury. Didn't sound like either of those were like long term injuries, but certainly bouncing back and being able to play this week, I don't think that's a guarantee for either of those guys. And so, you know, you look at a defensive line that I already mentioned. I was really impressed with last week um, with what those guys were, were were able to do in Kansas City you don't have your starting offensive tackles, man. I think that it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson day. Like I think this dude's going to have uh, somewhere near 20% pass rush win percentage. We're talking about potentially a couple of sacks with him going up against backup offensive linemen. So uh, shoot, you had, uh, you had Juwan Taylor uh, (laughs) cheating about as much as he possibly could to try to get as far back before the snap as possible. And obviously taking off uh, as I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, as the ball was snapped and uh, Hutchinson was even still, able to beat him a couple of times there. So it doesn't get better when you're going or any better when you're going up against backup offensive linemen, the Seahawks. So I really do think that that's the X factor. If neither of those guys can go, it it might be a long day at the office for the Seahawks offense against this Detroit defensive line. It's amazing how nothing was called all night until the very end. Taylor finally got whistled for a full start. And those were the types of breaks and things that went against the lions in the past that they couldn't overcome and they would lose. And we would be bitching on shows like this saying, my goodness, uh, can you believe the ref screwed us? Now the Lions kind of kind of played through that. It's it's a different feeling here, Trevor. I, you know, it's it's crazy. And I know the top of the NFC yesterday was as advertised. Philly survived. San Francisco looked great. Dallas, my goodness. Cool. And then you got the yeah. Lions. So at least the top of the NFC kind of did their thing in Week One, right? Yeah, I, I think for the most part, you know, the Eagles game. I didn't really know what to make of it because it was. It just felt very strange. The Eagles went up 16 to zero really quickly in the first quarter. And it, it's as if Philly was like, all right, game's over. Like, we're yeah. like, obviously like we, we, we don't think the Patriots offense is a threat enough to overcome us getting another maybe 10 points. And it, and that ended up being the case, you know, the game ended 25 to 20. So they scored another nine points and that became obviously insurmountable, but it was a lot closer than it needed to be. But I, I really do wonder if it was 
a little bit of lack of focus there. I don't mean to take anything away from the Patriots and and them hanging tight and them obviously making it a game towards the end. But Philly's probably the most talented roster in the NFL. So I just wonder if they let off the gas because you know, you're coming off of an NSC championship the year before, you're coming off a Super Bowl berth. Certainly their eyes are towards making a Super Bowl and winning it this time for this season. I wonder if they just went up 16 nothing and they were like, all right, check this one, check check the box on week one, we got the win, and it was a little bit closer than it needed to be. But you're right, Dallas looked, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> I was excited. I was excited about the Giants this year too. And really? <laughs> a little yeah. less excited now. So uh, Dallas, tip of the cap to them and what they were able to do, they put, they put the Giants through hell. And then, yeah, you mentioned San Francisco. I mean, it was all 49ers that entire game against the Steelers. Trevor, great to see you. Thanks for uh, doing this as always. Uh, appreciate it. We'll uh, talk to you again soon. Of course, Matt. Anytime, my friend. You got there is Trevor Sikama from us. Pro Football Focus. Check him out at pff.com. They are the best. This has been a Monday edition of a Locked On Lions. We are back again tomorrow.